Tiffany welcome back to my channel today's video is a solved true crime case I say that with hesitance because new information is coming out on this case like now right now I'm gonna be annoying and just state this is my new channel this is new so if you could please just subscribe and hit the like button leave a comment just all the annoying YouTube things please thank you so much okay let's get into this video okay bye <laughs> I say new information, but I'm going to say it's solved because once you listen to the case, you're going to be like, yep, this is a solved case. But today's solved true crime case is about Lacey Peterson. This is a heartbreaking case. It is hard to talk about and it is just, it's intriguing. Lacey Peterson went missing on Christmas Eve 2002 while she was eight months pregnant with her son. She had named Connor. On December 24, 2002, Scott and Lacey woke up together at their home in Modesto, California. After eating breakfast and watching some TV, Scott left to go fishing while Lacey took the couple's dog for a walk. Later that day, a neighbor found their dog still wearing a leash wandering in front of their house by himself. Scott told police he first drove to his nearby warehouse to send emails and retrieve his boat, which he brought to Berkeley Marina. And that did ring true. The emails timestamped did show that exact time, and he does have a receipt from the marina that backed him up. After about 90 minutes of fishing, Scott said he returned his boat to the warehouse, went home to an empty house, and showered. Sorry, I'm plant-based, so I don't eat fish but I don't know a lot of people I grew up with a lot of people who fish and I don't know anybody who only fished for 90 minutes most people spend like their whole day or most of the day fishing because 90 minutes is probably how long it's gonna take to skip one fish I'm just saying like it's an all-day be bored kind of thing from my understanding God told investigators that he thought Stacy was at her mother's house he had no idea where his beautiful wife was that was eight months pregnant Right? He did end up calling his mother along to see if his wife was, was there, and then half an hour later, Stacy's stepfather called 911 to report that she was missing. Yes, so her husband didn't even call the police, it ended up being her stepfather. <sighs> Pretty much immediately, Scott was the suspect from the beginning. Scott first met with Podesta police on the day Lacey went missing at a nearby park where she was known to walk their dog. Met with Scott at the park, they suggested that he go back home to wait for his wife and they stated that this was like a test they gave him a series of tests to see to like gauge his reactions and to see how he's just acting there during this situation but he was a suspect from the beginning one because of his behavior two because he's the husband 99% of the time we know who it is. Police gave him numerous opportunities to just give as much information as he could and he failed every single time. First night that Lacey went missing, the police asked him if he would do a polygraph and he stated no. Police said that during this time, Scott seemed, did not ask a lot of questions and did not seem to be really worried at all during this time. I mean, this is his beautiful wife and he's about to be a father for the first time and he just did not care and that is not a good sign. It, we've learned anything over our true crime years. Scott couldn't remember a lot of little details that he should know. Like he couldn't even remember the bait that he put on the hook that day. Like if you're a real fisherman, you know this information. The police did give Scott another test the day after Christmas when they executed a search warrant of his home. Scott was hesitant to cooperate, but he ended up doing it. He was maybe hoping that they could prove him innocent because he was more concerned about himself than his family at this point. The news outlets just went 
crazy. This is when it blew up because this is when everyone knew that this was serious. It was everywhere. This story was everywhere. It's just like the OJ case or the, yes, I'm putting it on that level, and the Casey Anthony case. It was huge. And, and it's around Christmas, so it's even more heartbreaking. There was also news that started to break that was completely not true. Like some news were running with the story that Lacey was in a satanic cult and all kinds of garbage, which was not true. And then there were some, some news outlets that stated that um, Scott had a mistress. And while it may be complete garbage at the time, it ended up ringing true. On December 31st, 2002, the town of Modesto held a public vigil for Lacey and Connor. Scott declined to speak at the vigil, but he was in attendance. But that night, there were photographers, and the photographers captured him in two damning photographs that haunted him throughout the trial. In one picture, Scott bends down alongside his niece to set down a candle, a big smile across his face. In a second picture, he is standing with some people and laughing. Everyone stated that Scott's behavior was completely aloof. He did not care. He was just, he was just there. He felt no emotion. Now granted, anyone can act any way during this time, but to act like nothing is happening at all, that's bizarre. After the vigil, it was out. Scott did indeed have a mistress. And during that vigil, he called his mistress. Her name was Amber Frey. She was a massage therapist and a single mom. And she was introduced to Scott by a friend in November 2002. And they were immediately romantic. In early December, around the same time they were photographed at a holiday party together looking cozy, Scott told Amber and his wife was very much alive during this time that his wife had died and this would be his first Christmas season without her. Okay, this is just looking real bad, right? He ended up telling Amber Frey that he was going to ring in New Year's with his friends, but he was actually at his wife's visual and sons. Police always wondered if this admission to Amber was just premeditated murder. On December 30, 2002, after seeing a newspaper article about Lacey's dearest appearance, Amber Frey, the mistress, called a tip line and immediately began working with the police to pull whatever information useful she could out of her boyfriend and secretly record it. She ended up having 29 hours of phone call information just for the police. It's always really hard to hear that there's a mistress in any case, but it's really good to hear when the, when the mistress is a good person. Like most of the time they have no idea what's going on. They know nothing about the people still being together, whatever the situation, and that they actually help. It's always good to read that part of the case. Neither side of the family or friends knew about his mistress or the relationship going on. On January 24th, Amber actually did a press conference revealing herself to the public and admitting that she is the mistress because the news outlet got a photograph of her and Scott together and they were actually going to release it and the police got information of this. So she wanted to go ahead and beat them to it. From that moment on, Lacey's entire family wanted nothing to do with Scott. They were completely done with him, 100%. Because they, for the most part, they didn't understand his behavior, but I mean, they had to believe that he was innocent because there was no problems in their relationships, right? Scott ended up doing a Good Morning America interview with Diane Sawyer in January 2003 and it went bad. He lied to Sawyer and said that he had told the police about his fear the day Lacey went missing. That was a lie. 
Guy even lied to Sawyer and said that Lacey knew about the affair and she was completely okay with it. And then Diane was very disturbed because he kept referring to Lacey in the past tense, like was. She was great. She was beautiful. Why are you in the was? It wasn't long after that that Pearson was arrested. On January 5, 2002, divers using sonar equipment searched the Berkeley Marina where Scott Pearson had gone fishing, the place where police suspected he had dumped Lacey's body. Nothing was discovered. Four months later in April, locals found two mutilated decomposing bodies washed ashore. One that seemed to be the torso, yes the torso of a woman. Within days, DNA confirmed that it was Lacey and Connor. So Lacey's body was completely dismembered. Her torso was what was found and her arms and her limbs were chopped off. Until this point, Scott was pretty much in San Diego just living with his family, he said, to avoid media attention. But it was in San Diego where Scott was arrested and it did not look good for him. Or he wasn't gonna do good things. He was bad, he was bad. When they arrested him, Scott was at a golf course. It was on April 18th and he was carrying over $10,000 in cash, camping gear, his brother's ID, and four cell phones. People were also quick to point out that San Diego is also near the Mexican border and Scott had dyed his hair blonde and grown a beard. We're all pretty much 100% certain he was going to run. So Scott was arraigned on April 21st, 2003 and charged with two counts of murder. One for Connor and Lacey who was still pregnant at her death. Connor was included under California's fetal homicide law that protects any fetus eight weeks old or older. It is believed that when Lacey was killed, she still had her baby inside of her. It's weird to talk about, but um, she was dumped in the lake and because there's so much pressure and currents and it actually ended up pushing Connor out of her. It was like a slow process, but that's why they believe Connor was on the outside. They were able to figure that out. But yeah, um, Connor was not like cut out of her or she did not have Connor and then they were killed. Connor was still inside of her when she was killed. I just thought I would bring that up because I would want to know that information. That same month, President Bush signed the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, also known as the Lacey and Connors Law which criminalized harming a fetus when assaulting a pregnant woman. Lacey's family, including the district attorney, fought for the death penalty for Scott. After months of jury selection, Scott was officially convicted on November 12, 2004 of first-degree murder of Lacey Peterson and second-degree murder of Connor Peterson. In December 2004, the jury recommends Scott be sentenced to death, and in March 2005, the judge agreed. Scott, even to this day, maintains his innocence. His family also believes he is innocent. He does currently reside at the San Quentin State Prison. According to the Modesto B, he has filed two appeals, one in 2012 for the murder charge and one in 2005 alleging unlawful detention, which are both still pending. But Scott did get the death sentence and he's still waiting on death row. Now recently I've been seeing her name pop up in the news a lot lately and I don't know exactly what's going on I don't believe a lot of information has been released, but if any information does come up or any updates in the case, I will make sure to make a video on it. But I just saw that his sister, Scott's sister, stated that she has evidence to prove that he is 100% innocent and that Stacy was killed by burglars. I don't really think anyone's buying that right now. I don't know of many burglars who would um, cut, up, cut up a woman. Um, yeah. So... 
we'll see but i i do believe sky is 100 percent guilty let me know your thoughts down below but that is it for this case i want to thank you so much for watching this video please leave any case suggestions down below and i will get to them as soon as i can and i'll see you guys next time thank you so much for being a part of my day